You are listening to the Forcecom Frontline, bringing you to our soldiers on the front lines of readiness. Hey everyone, welcome to the Forcecom Frontline. I'm Ashley and I'm your host. October, among other things, is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And according to the CDC, breast cancer is the second most common cancer among women in the United States. And although rare, men can also get breast cancer and about one in every 100 breast cancer diagnosis in the U.S. are found in men. And again, that's according to the CDC. Today, we are joined by Colonel Birgit. 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 Birgit Lister. <laughs> she is the Forcecom Chief of Clinical Operations and the Forcecom Chief Nurse, and also a breast cancer survivor. And she's here to share her story today. So welcome, ma'am, and thank you for joining us. Thank you for and having me. Thank you for being willing to share your story with us. Sure. So before we get too far, Sorry, I, I still struggled with your name. <laughs> it, it's from Germany. Yes. Um, you are from Germany. It's yes. German. You're from Germany. Um, so before we get too far into our conversation, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role here at Forcecom? Sure. Um, I've been on active duty as a um, nurse corps officer for getting close to 22 years. I've been here at Forcecom for a little over two years, um, and I'm the uh, I work in a surgeon directorate here, a small small team of about 16. I'm the chief of clinical operations and also the chief nurse for Forcecom. And so, what does that mean for for our listeners? Clinical operations. Uh, so, we look at medical readiness. Um, okay. Of course, um, COVID has been. Oh, I'm sure upfront, right? <laughs> All things COVID. Um, we're looking at um, medical documentation systems in the operational world. Okay. Um, assignments as far as um, MAP. Um, it was used, used to call PROFIS, where mm -hmm. um, medical providers are pulled from MTFs then to deploy. So that in kind okay. of encompasses what we do in clinical operations. Okay. And so I, I already mentioned it, but breast cancer, or October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and you're here to share your story with our listeners. Sure. You've survived breast cancer. Can you just walk us through your journey? So um, back in 2015, I had just um, PCS actually from Womack to Fort Belvoir, um, and I worked at the Regional Health Command um, at Fort Belvoir. Mm -hmm. And um, that was in September. November, I did my... Um, annual mammogram uh, in the beginning of December I was notified hey you need to come back we need to do additional films um, so I had a repeat mammogram um, and at that time the radiologist read that mammogram right away and then they suggested let's do some an ultrasound um, at that time they did see something that they didn't see in my past mammogram um, so they suggested to do a biopsy, which I did um, the week of Christmas, actually, in 2015. Wow. Um, and I already had an appointment to get my results on the 4th of January 2016, and that's when I got my diagnosis. Okay. Um, never forget that date. Oh, I'm um, sure. So things kind of moved fairly quickly after that. Um, the same week, uh, I had a appointment. Uh, it was a multidisciplinary appointment with a um, radiology oncologist, uh, the oncologist, the surgeon, physical therapy was there, nutritionist was there. Oh wow! Uh, social worker was there. So it was an pretty much an all day 
event wow. where uh, we discussed um, the um, my care plan essentially. Okay. So um, two weeks after that, had a lumpectomy um, for my type of cancer. It didn't require chemotherapy, so I was very uh, <laughs> I was very happy when I heard that. Yeah. Um, but I did have a lumpectomy. Um, and I had 20 rounds of radiation after that. So, but there was a about a two month span between the surgery and starting the radiation because they want you to heal, right? Sure. It's a surgical process, so sure. they want you to heal. So, yeah. So, you said that they had found the lump that they hadn't seen previously. How yes. long had it been between your a appointments? Year. That's it. A year. Oh my goodness. Yes. And How it crazy. was very small. They found it very early. Um, well, yeah. Basically, the size of your my fingertip. And, okay. Um, honestly, I did not feel it uh, until I knew where it was, and then I could feel it. Oh, wow. That's, yes. Oh, you're giving me goosebumps. So one of the things you mentioned, though, that I thought was interesting is that you saw a nutritionist. Yes. I, I wasn't expecting you to say that. What was that? What was their role in it, your? It was. Um, essentially, there was an introduction. If I had any questions, to come okay. back. Uh, same for the physical therapist. Okay. Um, with radiation, you can have some. Um, it can have some impact on your shoulder mobility, okay. especially on the side on the side where the um, radiation. Uh, oh, I guess occurred. that makes sense. Yes. So, and I had some significant issues there, but um, thankfully that kind of resolved with some physical therapy. So. Sure. So. Um, one of the things that we've talked about before is when you were when you got your diagnosis, you you weren't sure what that meant for you know continuing to serve. Mm -hmm. So can you just talk a little bit about that and what you found out? Sure. Um, so during that um, long appointment, that time, right? Um, so I had a couple days to kind of digest the diagnosis sure. and then go into that long appointment. Um, so one of my questions was, you know, will this trigger an MEB? Will this, you know, stop me from continuing to serve? Yeah. And no, it does not. Um, they they want to make sure you're um, go through all the treatments that you do. Um, I I was on a profile very limited time actually. Oh wow. Um, and um, you know, it, it does not trigger an MEB. So I, I think that was my my biggest fear. Sure. Um, and even as a nurse, I did not know, you know, if that was the case or not. Yeah. Like, this was completely new to me, so. And one of the things I thought was, would it, would it warrant somebody going to a wounded warrior or that sort of transition? Um, depending on what kind of treatment you okay. have to go through, it could potentially, if okay. you have a lot of complications. Sure. But if you have a pretty benign course yeah. of uh, recovery, it, it typically does not. Okay. And one of the things you, again, mentioned is, um, so talking a little bit about your recovery, you may have rushed a little bit too quick into that first PT test. Yes. So, um, I, like I mentioned, I was on a profile for a very short period of time. Um, I was, I had my surgery. I think I was home for about 10 days. Um, and then went back to work wow. and even during radiation. Um, so where I worked in the hospital was right next door. So I would come to work, work a little bit and uh -huh. then have my standard time. You have the same time every day. It's Monday through Friday. Um, and, um, would just walk over to the hospital, get my radiation, come back and, yeah. and work. 
That's uh, so crazy to think about. I mean, right. It, it makes sense, but you, you just, you, I think it, what goes through my head is you just never know what somebody's going through. Right. And, and very few people actually knew. Yeah. Um, they knew I had some kind of surgery, yeah. but most people didn't even realize what I was doing every day. Yeah. Um, so in hindsight, um, I think I should have taken more time. Um, <laughs> but I think we're all kind of type A people. Um, and uh, we, we just want to do the right thing to, you know, for our jobs. Yeah. And uh, so radiation does have some um, effects on your body. Uh, you could have some redness okay. for the area that an irritation. Um, thankfully, I did have had very little of that. Um, but um, it causes fatigue and even I mean, it's cumulative, right? So oh, the longer, yeah. the longer you do radiation, um, you get tired. Um, and even after radiation is done, you still have some lingering effects. Sure. So hindsight being 2020, <laughs> I probably should have slowed down a little bit. Um, and then, um, so my diagnosis was in January and in early June, I took a PT test. And this was not forced upon me by any means. It was more, I think, me wanting to prove myself that sure. I was okay. How long after radiation ended to when you did the PT test? Two months. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Probably not um, an example people should follow. <laughs> That's funny. So another thing um, is you were you were having your yearly mammograms. Right. Um, so early detection played a huge role. But also breast cancer is something that is often found within families. Um, according to the CDC, a woman's risk of breast cancer is higher if she has a mother, sister, or daughter who has had breast cancer before. Mm -hmm. um, so can you talk about how that, that played into how you were staying routine with your exams? I guess that's what I'm right. looking for. So um, my sister was diagnosed about the same age that I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So she's 10 years older than I am. Um, so once I knew you know, of her diagnosis, I made sure I talked to my PCM. And um, I started annual mammograms fairly early. I was in my late 30s. Oh, wow. Um, so um, I was very conscientious about going every year. Yeah. And that particular year, I was actually a month late. Oh. <laughs> but um, I, I think the fact that I did go every year really um, contributed to it being found very early. Yeah. So, so I my grandmother had breast cancer twice. So I know that that is within my family history. Mm -hmm. um, but I am I'm 36, so I don't I'm still just going for you know like my annual. Um, do you have from your nurse perspective when should how often should be, we be doing these exams? So um, I I'd actually, uh, once we had talked, I reached out to my oncologist at oh. Walmack um, <laughs> just to make sure that uh, what I'm saying is, um, is correct. But um, her mention was body surveillance, right? And this is for men and women. If you find a lump, just be aware of your body, right? Um, if you find a lump that persists, that is there for three or four weeks, um, go see your PCM. Yeah, uh, body surveillance is basically the the first thing everybody should do. 
Um, also be on the lookout for other symptoms. So um, swelling of uh, all or part of a breast, um, skin dimpling. So sometimes I will look like uh, orange peel. Oh, okay. That texture. Um, uh, breast or nipple pain, nipple retraction. So an inverted nipple, for example, is a sign, could be a sign. Um, nipple or breast skin that is red or flaky or just different than what it's been. Okay. Um, and nipple discharge or swollen lymph nodes under your arm or uh, in your collarbone area. So Okay. So those are all symptoms that everybody should be looking out for. Okay. So listen to your body, right? So this is men and women. Absolutely. Because I think, so I've... I've paid attention to breast cancer because my grandmother and I was in a sorority with where our, our philanthropy was breast cancer awareness. Um, but we always drive home, you know, women, women need to be doing our self exams and we right. need to do this and that. Um, can men do self exams? Of course. It sounds like a silly question after I said it out loud, but. <laughs> right. So, I mean, like I said, you know, body surveillance, I don't know, that sounds kind of strange but no it know, totally makes sense make if you feel something that hasn't been there yeah pay attention to it right yeah. your body's trying to tell you something yeah um also for mammograms so there's different guidance out there i would recommend that you talk to your pcm and they will consider what your risk is mm -hmm. uh, based on your medical your family history sure and um, and kind of go from there. Okay. But certainly uh, make sure that once you know what, what the expectation is, right, if, if it's yearly or every other year, make sure that you make time to do that. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because as moms, it's very hard to think about ourselves. Absolutely. And I, I know we're talking about men and women, but um, just from my perspective as a mom, it's very easy to get my child to their yearly mm -hmm. exam. It's something I have to do. Um, but when it comes to me, I'm like, oh, you know, I got right. work and the kids have this and that. I can push it off. But those exams are, are crucial. Early detection yes. is what really saves lives. Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, you're, you've ha you have a family history of breast cancer. Mm -hmm. So you went into this with somebody, you know, a family member who had recently gone through it as right. well. What was that, How did that support in that? understanding from your sister really help you through your your journey um it was very important um just to hear what everybody unfortunately she had to receive chemotherapy so we had a, and of course it's been 10 years earlier yeah right so things changed treatments sure. changed and she was still in germany um so we're not sure what type of cancer because there are different types of breast yeah. cancer, right? Um, but, um, I mean, I'm thanking her because if I had not done the yearly mammogram, yeah. it probably would, I probably would not have found it as early as I did. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, for my daughter, I have a daughter, um, I make sure that, and she's, what, 35 now. So, you know, I told her, make sure you tell your PCM uh, that you have a family history, yeah. so not only your mother, but your aunt as well. Yeah. So you have two people. Oh, I just, I, 
you know, it just it makes me think I hate I hate that we have these things, you know, right. and that I mean it's great that we can prepare yes. and we can have that knowledge that you know this is in my family history and we have early detection and that really helps. But just the fact that you know. I don't know. It just it it stinks. <laughs> yes. So so thankfully, um, they did genetic testing for me. Okay. I, I do not have the breast cancer gene, so that's oh awesome. That's good. Yeah. But it still leaves a risk factor for my daughter. Right? Sure. Sure. And potentially for my son. Right. Right. Again, we forget about that part. Right. Um, and I have a son, and it's just it's so hard to think about that. And I, I, I mean, one in a hundred isn't nothing that's for sure yes um so we talked about early detection and we talked about self exams and the wellness appointments um we talked about family history we talked about support so what you know it's breast cancer awareness month what do you say to what would you say to listeners you know you're a nurse um you know what what would your message be to them um, so I'm going to steal a line from my oncologist, right? <laughs> no one is too early to have, uh, no one is too young to have breast or to have cancer, yeah. any type of cancer, yeah. or breast cancer, right? Um, listen to your body, yeah. self, um, body surveillance, as I talked about, and um, early detection saves lives. Yeah. You know, I think we covered everything. Yes. Um, is there anything that that we didn't talk about that you think is important to to mention again being breast cancer awareness month um no i think we covered it all okay yeah i think so too i and again i i really appreciate you taking the time just to to share your story because i think hearing it from somebody who has gone through it um and that early detection matters it makes a difference um is really important so i thank you again for doing this and um and being open to sharing your story no problem my pleasure (laughs) that's it for this episode you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram and you can also find full video episodes of our podcasts on youtube you can just search for the force comm frontline and we'll see you next time on the frontline (laughs)